You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to this very special bonus episode of Out for Blood. We just couldn't stay away. <laughs> Over the last year, yes, it has been a year, hmm. we've spoken to nearly 70 people connected with Carrie the Musical since its earliest days. We had so much brilliant, unused interview footage that we thought some of you would like to hear more from the people who've played a part in the Carrie story over the years. Because, turns out, from the wonderful reception that we've been receiving from you all, that we're not alone, we're not alone anymore in our obsession uh, with this musical. I'm glad that we got the audition out of the way early. <laughs> That's not And who better to tell us all about Carrie than all of the performers who have played Carrie in Carrie the Musical so far. Six Carries for the price of one, like musical theatre matrioshka. And feel free to skim back through the last ten episodes to hear even more from these marvellous ladies. Let's go back to the very beginning. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, yeah, whenever you're ready. Hi, everybody. This is Annie Golden. The first Carrie ever. Yes, the Carrie Musical Workshop. Annie Golden is a veteran of stage and screen. She was approached about doing the Carrie workshop by the writers in 1986. And that's what they said. They said, we're doing a musical, uh, the movie Carrie. And so I was like, oh, wow. And I, I never thought the lead or the title role. I just thought, yeah, I'll be sure. I'd, I'd like to be one of the teenagers, you know. And then they said, we'd like you to be Carrie. <laughs> so right away, I started doing my backpedaling you know, caveat of, well, um, I don't read music and I do everything by ear and I'm not really fast. I'm not quick. And if there's choreography, it takes me a while to catch up. And they're like, oh, no, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And so I was. But but I always had to say that. because And now, now people, just, they look at me, huh? Like incredulous. They're like, you know, but you've had a career for 40 years on Broadway, dancing with choreographers, and, you know, but um, I still say it, you know, my, my voice would go and go and go and go until it couldn't go anymore. And then Dean Pitchford was the one who uh, gave me this device where he said, when you're in the closet and you're singing, when you have to, you know, our father who art in heaven, 
<laughs> he said, when you have to cover, cover your ears. And he helped me find a head voice, which, <laughs> which I didn't know, you know. So it was, uh, it was a learning process and it was a helping process and it was really just a learning curve and it was wonderful. And, and I, there was a device of, um, you know, the mirror, and I remember in the, in, the, in the girls' room, and I remember Lori over my shoulder singing to me, you know. Uh, it was just so beautiful. And then singing with Maureen and, Maureen and you know, as mother and daughter. And, um, and, it, and it was a real feather in my cap, too, because, you know, I, I was just uh, shooting from the hip and uh, doing the best I could and trying to get, get over. And uh, Maureen, who was, you know, very trained and the other the other kids who were trained they were um taken with me so i knew i was on the right path and i wasn't making a fool out of myself you know <laughs> which which was great to know which was good to know but it's wonderful but it's wonderful to be part of something and now that it's the tide has turned now that it's it's iconic carrie yeah you know it, so to be a part of that is um when I got the recording of the workshop, I don't like to listen to myself. It's, uh -huh. it's hard for me, yeah. but, um, but when I gave a listen, I didn't hate it. That's, <laughs> I did. I didn't cringe. I, I, I kind of was moved to tears by it, that yeah. it was, look how far I've come. And, and I thought that I wasn't given this opportunity because I wasn't worthy and listen, oh. you know, it wasn't that, you know, it was validating. It took a while after this workshop to attract producers and vital funding to mount a major production of the show. When British director Terry Hands came on board, he settled on the idea of a half-British, half-American cast and production team. Auditions in London led to an incredible discovery. 16-year-old Lindsay Hately. Hello, my name's Lindsay Hately, and in 1988, I played the part of Carrie. I did, I did chess the concert once, and we had to go around, and I went, hello, my name's Lindsay Hately, and I'm playing the part of Elaine Page. <laughs> <laughs> the weekend we spoke to Lindsay last year was a busy one. The following day, she was recording an online Carrie reunion hosted by Seth Rodetsky. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe if there's anything good that comes out of this strange time that we're living yeah. through is that um, it does maybe give people the opportunity to reminisce a bit and um, look at life and reflect. And, um, yeah, things like this seem to, to be happening. And it's it's a strange one for me that it's all happened within one weekend. So it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a real full-on carry thing. But actually, I'm, I talk with Kenny a lot because we're practically neighbours. And, um, and it, it's, it's always been, um, you know, a very... Um, I don't know, a, a big talking point for us. You know, we're, we're passionate about it in, in different ways. And um, it's, it's, it's a big, big part of me. So, um, yeah, I'm now proud of it. Yeah. Well, that's important, I think, isn't it? it took a long time. We heard all about Lindsay's audition for the show in episode two. But here she shares a bit more detail. Yeah, well, I was at, at um, a theatre school, Italia Conti, and I'd just gone into the student course. I was 16. And um, and there's an there's an agency attached to the to the school, and um, I'd been a junior there for a few years, and and I never got put up for anything. You know, I was just one of those sort of. Um, th there was some really cute looking kids that got work all the time, and I just wasn't that. You know, I was kind of a, a gawky sort of chubby teenager. I mean, 
but I sang very well. You know, my, my voice actually for a young youngster had developed quite early and, and it obviously, you know, was getting quite an impact within the school. Um, but I never got any work. And, um, and then I got called up to the agency and they said, uh, we've got an audition's coming for you. I was like, oh, my God, an audition? <laughs> um, and it's for Carrie, um, the Stephen King novel Carrie. And, um, and I just sort of thought, I didn't really think... I didn't really think a lot in those days, to be honest. I was just delighted that I'd even made my way up to the top floor to the agency because, you know, I'd sort of never been up there. And um, and they said, um, you're going along to the London Palladium and you need to get yourself some dance gear and a song to sing. And um, so I... I didn't really know exactly at that point that I was going for Carrie. I just knew I was going for Carrie the Musical. And uh, I went along with my leg warmers and uh, the whole outfit, probably even a headband knowing me and my big 80s hair. And, um, and I remember very, very clearly standing on the London Palladium stage and thinking, my God, if I, you know, I've died and gone to heaven just actually before I've done mm. anything. And... I learned a routine with all these phenomenal dancers and they were all quite a bit taller and a lot thinner than me. But I, did, I just went with it. I just thought, well, you know, maybe they're looking for all different shapes and sizes. Um, and we learned a routine to Michael Jackson's Bad. Mm. And they blasted it through the sound system and it sounded amazing that doom, 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 doom. I can almost remember the routine and then I I either was called back the next day or it it happened at the same time it's, it's a little bit vague but um, I think I came back the next day and all the creative team were there all the you know uh, Dean Pitchard, Michael Gore, Terry Hands, yeah. Debbie Allen and they got me to sing again and I sang on my own and then Dean Pitchford who was and always remained such a warm and gentle um, person came up to me and said um, would you mind putting your hair down and taking off your makeup and just looking like you naturally um, and I think the thing was I was 16 and I just thought I'm never going to be employed unless I make myself look as old as possible so I'd kind of put the hair up and put lots of makeup yeah. on and put my heels on and try it because I thought that that's probably what was necessary um, because I didn't know what I was doing. And um, so I came back, I took all my makeup off, I sat in this um, uh, dressing room where there was a lot of the other girls that were... Um, and I seem to remember Sally. Sally rings a, a bell because I just remember thinking, God, she's fierce. And I remember hearing her and thinking, oh, my God, she's just amazing and, and seemed to be so confident. She might not have been, but it, the it, she came across yeah. so confident and so, you know, feisty. Um I took my makeup off, went back in, uh, sang on my own again, and there was a there was a noticeable excitement within them. I didn't know what that meant, but then they said, "Right, can can we teach you a bit of uh, a song?" Yeah. And they they played. Dun, 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 dun. Doesn't anybody ever get it right, Carrie? And as soon as I heard that, I was just like, "This is amazing! This is absolutely amazing!" It just it for me. I instantly connected with it and I just thought, 
I know what I know what this 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 feels right. So I I sort of learnt, I learnt quickly in those days. I can't read music, still can't, but I think um, I got a good ear, and so I learnt it very very quickly. And they said, right now now do it again, um, and really mean it. Like you know this is. And so I just blasted it at the park as much as I possibly could, and um, there was a sense of something something felt felt good there. Um, and that was it. And I went home and I thought, well, that was mad. That was that was just mad. Well, I didn't go home. I went to my Young Women's Christian Association, which is where I was staying at the time. And uh, and, and I sort of, with my, my friends that I was, uh, you know, studenting with, I said, I've just had the most surreal day. You know, it's been amazing. I've met Debbie Allen from Fame and I've done this song that was amazing. And and I and I, I think I took the, 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 the music home with me and someone sort of said, oh, God, this, this does sound really good. Um, and then I went into to college the next day and I didn't hear anything all day and I just thought, oh, well, maybe that's that's it. And it was just an amazing, amazing moment. And then in the afternoon, it, it was actually, ironically, it was my 17th birthday. And um, I was called up to the agency and I walked all the way up to these flights of stairs and I thought, I hope it's not bad news because it's my birthday. But anyway, and I walked in and I was given this card and I opened it and it was a birthday card and it said, happy birthday, Carrie. Oh. As we heard from the cast, some of the scenes in the show featuring Lindsay and the other high school girls were pretty harrowing. There was no acting required. I, there really wasn't. I, I never. I, I. I can genuinely say that my whole experience of Carrie was just based on instinct and reaction. You know, I just reacted to whatever was was given me. Um, because it was very unpleasant. Yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't very nice. Obviously, further down the line, I mean, the, the people that play Carrie since have more experience. And I think, you know, in, in hindsight, I think the nature of the piece and um, maybe the effect that it's had on me over the years, I think actually you probably could do with someone older who looks younger, like mm. Evie who did it, you know, at, at Southwark and stuff like that. But as a as a seventeen year old who is still growing and learning, I, I think actually it was it was actually quite um, you know quite a uh, well just a, a sort of traumatic you know I was playing the part and feeling the part. Looking back, what does she think about being part of this infamous show? You know, there were so many so many potentially good things about the the experience you know i mean the fact that it, it was offering an opportunity for brits to work in new york yeah. and americans to work you know it, it, those sort of things didn't happen in those days and i think that 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 was so commendable you know that there were there were really there were like i say i mean i, I you know i look back on so much of it and and i you know, I am proud of, of of certain aspects of what was trying to be achieved, yeah, yeah. and I think it's sad that it you know it was obviously so um, you know sort of put to one side when it, when it all became so so dramatic and catastrophically came off at speed. But uh, but actually, there was a lot of good that was going on after Carrie's premature closure. Lindsay was given the role of Eponine in Les Misérables in the West End. It was the start of a long career in musical theatre. Having looked at it, I think my story is quite an interesting one because it, it, you know, it is such a um, a bizarre and unique start to a profession. And um, in a way, I'm fortunate that, you know, on the back of Carrie, I had enough sort of strength to go. You know what? Come on, it, it wasn't my fault, and and you know, sort of work continued. But I think it could have been, it could have affected me very differently. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I was just lucky that I got good parents that just sort of, just basically just sort of went, come on. You know, and, and what, you know, what with the sort of, the, the, the strange experiences that you're going through as a teenager anyway, and then thrown into this situation, um, I don't come from a theatrical background, so I had no kind of, um, I've got amazing parents and wonderful support, but they couldn't guide me to go, oh, Linz, this happens or that happens, or, you know, with my daughter, I could kind of go, oh, hang on a minute, you know, I could guide her and sort of, you know, sort of give her a bit of, but there was none of that. So in some ways, it, it, it was probably a blessing that I was, I was so naive. We'll be back after this short break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Of course, after the show drastically closed in 1988, there was no official production of Carrie until the reworked, contemporised version which opened off-Broadway in 2012. Director Stafford Arima cast Molly Ranson in the title role. Hi, I'm Molly Ranson and I played Carrie White in the 2012 revival of Carrie. And I think I'd actually recently watched the movie because it was around Halloween when I had my audition. I was getting, you know, in the Halloween spirit watching my favourite scary movies. And then I got this audition like soon after for Carrie the musical and I was like, Carrie the musical? That sounds like a crazy idea. Um, but yeah, I learned the music and I thought, I was like, whoa, this is interesting. This is cool. I love that character. Like from the movie, like, I mean, Sissy Spacek is so amazing in her portrayal of that role. And I just, I, I like playing like weird, weird people. <laughs> so I don't know. It just kind of like, it's like, oh, I want to do that. That would be a fun role to do. So I think it w- would have been impossible for me to not have had Sissy Spacek kind of like as the inspiration for what I was doing, at least in some kind of way, um, influencing me in some kind of way, because um, I mean, I just always, I feel like she's the iconic carry in my mind. But um I I don't know. I think that I just kind of like how you approach any role. Like there is something, I don't know, within that role that I kind of connected to. I mean, I haven't had similar life experiences as Carrie, thankfully. But, um, you know, like there, there was just something about her, like the kind of like the fragile quality to her, the sensitivity and um, that kind of like hidden power that I really identified with and tried to bring into my audition so for molly it was the dramatic conclusion of the show which sticks in her mind as a highlight i mean i loved doing the destruction i really loved (laughs) it's so satisfying you know after like all of this like kind of stewing energy and tension and like holding it all in to like be able to like have this cathartic release it feels incredible you know um 
it's so satisfying and also like very intense and it shakes you up but it it feels like a release and I always loved doing that part of the show I loved singing that part of the show being a part of bringing Carrie back to life was hugely exciting for Molly Stafford and the rest of the off-Broadway company that updated version of the story became the official licensed edition of the script, meaning that for the first time, schools and community groups all around the world could stage the show themselves. To know that, like, you know, schools are still doing this all over the world, and, like, it's just, it's really awesome having them do the, the version that they'd always dreamed of. is pretty cool. I have seen, I've done various, um, like, master classes and things like that over the years so like i'll sometimes get to see um you know uh, little bits of of carrie i think i saw a production at nyu and i think that was the first one that i saw and it was really it was really moving to, to go and and see this group of people like bring it to life and to be you know like reliving this thing that I had experienced and was such a huge part of my life for years. Now that the writers had a version of their show that they were finally satisfied with, other creative and innovative productions sprang up around the world. One of the first, in Seattle, starred Tony winner Alice Ripley as Margaret and Keaton Whitaker as Carrie. Keaton was new to the Carrie story when her friend, director Lewis Hobson, approached her about taking on the role. I had done... Um... It was the year before my call, like I, I auditioned for college. So I sang, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on the song. Um, I'm Not Alone, which is cut actually from Carrie, but I'm sure you guys know. But um, I was singing that, so it was the only thing I knew about it. And it was really just my friend Lewis who directed it, um, just like approached me about doing it. And that's all I knew from it. It was like a cut song. She's like a really like misunderstood, like um, sad. Her mom's cr a crazy Christian. And so she like has like, um, just really sheltered and very like a, just a kind of a strange high school kid, like very lonely, kind of a loner. And um, then she discovers halfway through the show, not even in the beginning of the show, that she has telekinetic powers. And then, um, yeah, everyone's like, she's very bullied and, and um, very angry. Casts of Carrie were discovering what it was like to perform this intense story for longer runs. I remember like being really exhausted, like the whole process. It was really like, yeah, I, I was exhausted. And I like, it, it. it's crazy to me to, I think we did like, I didn't do eight a week, but I think we did like six or seven a week. That's a really tough thing. It, I think it would even be tougher for me now just because I'm a little bit older and like settled into it a little more. I don't know. Can you imagine? I would love to do it. I would love to do that show again, honestly. I always say, I think it's a really interesting, I'm an interesting pick for the part. I wouldn't necessarily like put myself in it. If I saw that thought, if I was like, someone told me I was going to do that show, I would put myself as Chris almost every time. And yeah, I, I really would. I, I think that's like more of the type that I've kind of come into. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think I'm an interesting pick for it, I will say. But I, I really, really enjoyed doing it. It was really challenging. So the creators of these new productions were also discovering the importance of venues for their new interpretations. Where the original show had been staged in a cavernous Broadway theatre, directors were now experimenting with intimate and immersive spaces. So um, we got to do it in this really awesome old theatre called The Moor in Seattle. And it's like huge and really haunted apparently. And like very like really cool for like the aesthetic of our production. It was like, it's just like, and also gigantic, like a huge theatre. Um, 
So yeah, it was awesome. There were really cool people in it. There was like some people, like uh, some kids like my age that were like a lot of the ensemble was like teenage, like actual teenagers. And then people like Alice and Kendra Kaspom played Miss Gardner. And yeah, it was awesome. If the spooky theatre in Seattle was appropriate for the Carrie story, in California, director Brady Schwind went one step further, rechristening the show Carrie, the Killer Musical Experience, and fully immersing the audience into the story. I'm Emily Lopez, and I played Carrie in the L.A. production of Carrie. Just inches away from audience members who were physically moved around a high school set, it was an intimidating and often uncomfortable role for Emily. Well, you said when when you said uh, the word uncomfortable, it, it kind of kind of just uh, encompassed so much of what that whole experience was like. It especially with the way it was arranged with people being so close. I mean, honestly, for like I don't know how long it took. I I I thought I had like magic powers when the show was done because it's just a carries like a spirit that just pervades everything it's like the the darkness the fear the like the confusion of like trying to organize these kind of different beliefs or or things that are actually happening or you know in in a world where in a real world where our our world is you can convince yourself that anything is possible so that was what was so amazing about (laughs) this show was that it was just like like it was so crazy. I just was like hearing the the Margaret and Carrie songs, and and so many parts would s- just stuck to me so hard that I I just thought like I I have to do this show. I don't know if it would ever happen or like, but I have to sing these songs. Like I have to do this. I have to do this. And I I mean I grew up in a house with like extremely scary religious. Um, like my my grandmother was like that, like not just extremely religious, like very mentally ill, and that was my life. And it it was just, and I guess I I knew Carrie, I knew the movie, I knew all of it, but after that, it just was different. Like something changed. I mean, they really did something really special, but um, I, I guess I'm biased because like our our show was like real. It was like reality because you could never. Like especially in the Los Angeles, you could, you were never away from the audience. So the whole from beginning to the end of the show, like it was all Carrie. Like there was no, there was no offstage moment of like, oh, I'm me. Like what do I need to get ready? It was all a part of the story. Every moment that was like, I'm getting chills. Like that I'd never had that before. <laughs> And it, I thought it was really scary. Like I was so excited because when the lights went off in that production and, and it just was like, wait, what's going on? Like I was scared and, it, and that even to me felt immersive already. Around the same time, an even more intimate staging was being mounted right here in foggy London town at the Southwark Playhouse. One of the first interviews we did was with Evelyn Hoskins, the first British Carrie since Lindsay's original interpretation. Carrie's first song is Carrie which is like five minutes of like just, it's a roller coaster and a marathon of a song. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I, I, I guess I just got on it. Like you would a roller coaster and you just ride it and you stay in each moment. But with Carrie, it really did like take over my life. Like in a way that a role had never done before. And um, I would I would finish the show covered in blood and I would, 
shower, go home, I'd go to bed, I'd wake up at like midday, I'd have maybe one meal and then I'd do the show over again. Like that was like, it was so like all encompassing and not in a like bad way. I didn't ever feel like unsafe. And as with all our carries, this was a role that Evelyn would never forget. Oh, for me, honestly, it is probably the highlight of my career so far. It was a dream. It really was. It's just it's just such a great role. You've been listening to a special bonus episode of Out for Blood. Out for Blood is a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. For more information about us and the podcast, please visit us online at bpn.fm slash outforblood. If you enjoyed Out for Blood, leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you downloaded from. And don't forget to subscribe, just in case. Mm. And join us on social media for lots more carry content. Find us at Out for Blood Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and Out for Blood Pod on Twitter. Out for Blood was hosted and produced by me, Holly Morgan. And me, Chris Adams. Sound engineering and editing by Tom Moores. Paddy Jervis is our audio consultant. Original music by Odin Orn Hilmarsen and artwork by Rebecca Pitt. Thanks this week to all those Carries, Annie Golden, Lindsay Haightley, Molly Ranson, Keaton Whitaker, Emily Lopez and Evelyn Hoskins. Thanks for joining us for this special bonus episode. Are we finished yet? Maybe just keep a little eye on your feeds for something extra in the near future. Mm. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.